0: A little secret about the song is that Gina sent me a message last night. She said, I want to sing this, but I don't know if I got the, the lungs for it yet. So I'm so glad you did. So glad you did. John, I know I told you Luke 19. You can scratch that. Okay. Matthew 8. Matthew 8, 5 through 13. I give John my, my title my sermon and my sermon le- and my scripture so he can write it down and put it on our our broadcast, we stream live, but we also have a YouTube channel for us on there and a, a podcast and a couple other different things. And uh, he probably loves to change things up on him like like Gina does. You know? But but as I was thinking, I had I had one, and I'm going to take what I had and I'm going to change a lot of it. Because the Lord just gave something to me while we were standing there singing. And Matthew chapter 8 is about a centurion's faith. As we celebrate Veterans Day, as we do, the dictionary tells us that a veteran is a person who has had a long service or experience in an occupation, office, or the like. A person who has served in the military force, especially during war, having served in military force and had a long career, long bunch of different things. And and it it, it cracks me up how the, the, you know, we have to have a day to to thank our veterans when we should do it every day. But I thought about what it takes to be a a good soldier. And here we have an example here in Matthew of a, a soldier. And what, what a good one looks like. And it says, When Jesus had entered into Capernaum, we're in Matthew chapter 8, verse 5, there came unto him a centurion beseeching him and saying, Lord, my servant lieth at home sick of the palsy and grievously tormented. And Jesus said unto him, I will come and heal him. I, I thought about that. I said, "This this soldier... Could you imagine as he goes to Jesus and he he pleads, the thing about our, we, as we read it, we don't realize how he must have sounded and the pleading he did is, I, Lord, I have a servant who is sick with the palsy, which he's tormented. He's grievously, he, he didn't say he was just a little sick. He's grievously tormented. And, and th- did you ever notice that he didn't say, Will you come come do something? He says, But he, he says, I have a servant homesick. And then Jesus says, I will come and heal him. I said, That stands right there as a testimony uh, of uh, of just because probably who he was. And the servant, I love the answer. And the servant answered and said, I am not worthy that thou should come under my roof, but speak only the word only, and my servant shall be healed. For I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me, and I forth to another man this, and he does it. And as he describes himself and he tells Jesus what he is, I love Jesus said, and he heard it and he marveled. He marveled, it said, and he said unto them that followed, "Verily I say unto you, now this is to his disciples, I have not found so great a faith, no, not in Israel. And I say unto you that many shall come from the east and the west and shall sit down with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the kingdom shall be cast out in utter darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of the teeth. So Jesus basically telling his disciples he said there's going to be all kind of people that are Jewish that's going to come into the kingdom. He said "But those that were chosen they don't have the faith enough and they're going to miss out. But this man this man is different. And he, he, he gives that to his disciples and then he says unto the centurion go thy way as thou hast believed, so it will be done unto thee. And his servant was healed in the same, of the self same hour. So when he Jesus said it, it happened. Here was a soldier who 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 had faced battle, had been in combat, seen horrible things. But you no, know, I think it. it field. It's not how he acted as he commanded his men and his his servants, but it was the faith that he placed in Christ. See, as today, as we celebrate Veterans Day, as we pay respects and and things to those who serve, those who've given their their time to, to protect us, as you see the names that are listed put on a uniform and the respect we give them now it, it, it has not as much as Christ has as those that are faithful. And so the, the, the title of my sermon this morning is basically being a veteran for Christ. And and I, I thought about that as I had it all laid out, and I went, I had a whole different set of scripture I was gonna use. And as I was standing there looking at it, I said, that's about the stupidest thing I could have come up with. And, and then this it just kind of hit me as this 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 man, this soldier, as he showed his faith. And I thought, I said, you know. How can we proclaim to be a soldier for Jesus Christ if we don't have the faith that this man showed? He said, if you just speak the word, Lord, I know that it'll happen. It doesn't even say that, hey, you you know, we see another centurion later on that talks about his great faith and the things that he did and how he treated people. All we know is that this man comes to Christ believing. He even describes himself as a, a, a soldier who gets things done. He says, I've got men. I'm under authority. I have people I answer to, but I have those that answer to me. And when I tell them to do something, they do it. See, he doesn't plead with Christ. He says, basically, Lord, I want you to know what you're dealing with. I'm not a perfect man. I'm a soldier. I expect results. Even my servants, when I tell them to do it, they do it. And back then, servants did it because they were afraid not to. The soldiers did it because they were afraid not to. So he said, Jesus that's the kind of man I am, but I have faith in you. I place all of my faith in you. I believe you, you are who everyone says. Because it doesn't say here that he entered into Capernaum, there came a soldier who knew all about him. There came one who had been following him. It says no. There came a centurion unto him, beseeching him. We know nothing about him other than his faith. He's a true soldier. He is is what we ought to strive to be. You know, I thought about that, and as I thought about different soldiers, I said, you know, a true veteran or a true soldier is not of this world, and it stands out. He stood out. Could you imagine? He goes into Capernaum when there's a lot of Jews there, and he walks up to this Jewish teacher that everybody knows about. They've heard the miracles. He kind of stood out. He was different. Well, that's the way as a child of God, as a soldier of God, we ought to be. Listen to in John chapter 17, verses 13 through 18, it says this. And Jesus said, and now come unto thee and speak these things I speak in the word that thou might have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them thy word And the world hateth them because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I pray now that thou should not take them out of the world, but thou shalt keep them from evil. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. As thou hast sent me in the world, even so, I also send them into the world. As Christ prayed his prayer, and John, he he said one thing. He says, we're not like everybody else. We're not of the world. When you accept Christ as your Savior, you become different. Let me tell you a secret. If you say you Christ is your Savior, and there was no change in your life, and you're not different, maybe you to look at what you're saying because when Jesus moves in he does a work in you and you begin to change those things that the world loves and enjoys slowly become things you don't I, I always like to see this thing on Facebook it says when I was a kid I wanted to know I wanted to stay up as late as I wanted to Now that I'm an adult, I found out it was 9 o'clock. So you learn things different as you get older. The more you're a child of God, the more different you become, and you don't want to be like the world because as a child of God, you want to be like Jesus. Jesus said you're not like the world, and because of that, the world hates you. So we, the, Paul said, don't conform to the world. Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. See, we've we got to realize that if you're going to be a, a child of God, you're going to be that veteran for him, that soldier for him. Then you're not going to be part of the world. You're going to be what God calls you to be. And let me tell you a secret. Everybody has a calling on their life. Some people is to preach, some people is to sing. Some people is to do whatever the Lord, just be willing to be there when God wants you there. Maybe you can talk to people. Maybe he just wants you to go and invite people. So, well, I'm afraid to tell people about Jesus because I don't know Scripture that well. Well, you know what? It's a proven thing. The older we get, the more we forget. I mean, you know, uh, hey, we're lucky that they make shoes now that have Velcro and you can slide on because after a while, I'm not tying those things. You go to time, you can't do it always. That bending over is not always that easy either. Things change. Well, guess what? If you might not have to know Scripture perfectly, but you just need to be willing to say, hey, I I know somebody who does. You know the greatest testimony about winning someone to Christ is? Let me tell you what he did for me. Let me tell you what I was and where he brought me to. You're the greatest Bible a lot of people will ever see. Maybe that's your talent. Maybe your talent just is to be nice to people. Hey, come to church with me. Everyone's like me. They all smile. Whatever it is, everybody has a call. and God says, you're not like people in the world. You're different. They're going to think you're odd. I'll go ahead and tell you, you are. Get over it. It's fine. Rejoice in it, because I'm more like him than I am like them. Be be ready to do what God calls you to do. You know, he's the one that understands us. He knew that we were in a battle. He told us, in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, he says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against sp- spiritual wickedness in high places. Paul said, he said, hey, there's a fight going on, and it's not a normal fight. Do you realize that you were assaulted every day, that you were in a battle every day? Temptation happens all the time. Now, Christ tells us through Paul that, that, that there's a way out of every temptation that comes. You hear that? There's a way out. But guess what, soldier? That's not always easy, and it's not always popular, but there's a way out. Do you have the faith to take it? See, that that centurion could have went to anybody, but his face said, go to Jesus. Take it to him. And this soldier who, who represents strength, who represents conquering says, I'm going to humble myself and go to this lowly man and say, will you care for my servant? Notice it also wasn't for him. But it was for his servant. He he wasn't out of the world because he cared more for other people. He knew there was a battle. He knew like in, in Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6, he understood who fought it too. You think about, it, he said, I got people, if I tell them to do this, they'll do that. But listen to what Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6 says this. Then he answered, spake unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might nor power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. See, the battle you fight is not what you do, but what he does through you. His spirit, his power, his, his being in you. Helps you to conquer it. You you realize the problem we have is our ability not to get up and, and realize we're in a battle and put on the whole armor and let God. We try to handle it first. I want that soldier to try to handle it first, walk in there, look at his serpent, say, Would you quit being sick? Would you get over it? You know, that's how we we treat everything else in life. But no, what he did is he went to Jesus. How many of you go to Jesus for the battles you face every day? You know, one thing I I found out about veterans is is they're not forced. They volunteer. So, whoa, 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 what about when they were drafted? They could have went and headed north, headed south, got out of the country. But they went. They, they, they said, hey, I'll put on the uniform. You know, and God doesn't force anybody to do his service in his kingdom. What he wants you to do is volunteer. When you got saved, he didn't grab you, drag you down the aisle. He prompted you, and you answered the call. He surrendered. A veteran surrendered. They said, hey, I'll put on the uniform. Now, I remember in high school, a, a, as they came around and they talked to us, there was one Marine. Boy, he was really good. I was ready to sign up. And I chickened out. He, he come to the house, and we were talking. He says, you ready to take the oath now? Uh, 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 no. But he was good. And, I mean, he tried everything. We can do it. You can do it. And he said, come on, we'll we'll, we'll go do some PT. And I went, no. And he said, well, I can't force you. Boy, he did everything he could. And I said, you know, know, I thought about that. Well, I said, when the Holy Spirit got hold of me, he didn't force me. But, boy, he did a lot of stuff to prompt me. But there's been times I said, no. But you know what? He still loves me. And he still comes to me and says, I want you to do this. And when I do, I volunteer and say, Lord, I'll do whatever you want. See, what God wants you to do is he do not want to force you. He wants you to do it with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul. You can't do that if you're forced. But when you surrender. You can. See, a true veteran knows the, how to surrender, how to give the Lord what he wants. Because he knows who he is. Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20, he says that we are ambassadors for Christ. Do you hear that? You're an ambassador for Christ. You're a representative. The good thing is, is boy, he, he gives great benefits as being his ambassador, being his soldier. Jesus described him in Luke chapter 6, verse 38, he says, And give, and it shall be given unto you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, and it shall men shall give into your bosom for the same measure that you meet with all, it shall be measured into you again. I said, I'm going to bless you. You know what he does? It's amazing how he blesses you because he changes your heart. So, what you used to want is not important anymore. And the blessings he gives are the greatest ones in the world. Yeah, think about this. If you're a grandparent, how awesome it is to have grandchildren. That's why we call them grandchildren, right? That, that was like it was, it was Friday night. And me and Julie—we was both tired, and, and we had we got, come to, uh, to Dominic's birthday party, and, and just when the kids want to come home with us, And I said, "Well, if they ask." And of course, first one comes up. Obie says, "Can I come home with you?" And I'm tired, and Julie's tired, and of course, what we say, "Sure." Then right after there, here comes Gigi. Can I come home with you too? So yeah, she's hyped up on birthday cake. So what do we say? Sure. And I thought, man, what a blessing! What an awesome blessing that you get these little b munchkins who love you. When they grow up, they still love you. Because a parent, boy, you're ready for them. Th- you, you think about this, parents. You thought, think about this. You're so ready when they turn teenagers to get them out of your house. You're like, praise the Lord, they moved out. Thank you, God. And now the grandchildren. See, God changes your heart. What's important to you? What was important to you when you were in the world is no longer important to you when you get saved. Giving you stuff. But it's about his presence. It's about seeing him work and do wonderful things. It's about feeling the power that he has when he does these things. That's what I love. That's what, when I say, God, I see you're at work, you're doing these things. That's the blessing I want. So that's what we we strive for is to do his will. Why? Because his blessings are so great. You know, it's, it's funny, it's like Paul said in chapter 5, in verse 3 and 4, where Paul said this, this is one of the strangest verses for a Christian there is. He says, and not so only, but we glory in tribulation. Did you hear that? We, we like it when it gets bad. You know, knowing that tribulation worketh patience. People say, but you don't want patience. Yes, you do. Because in patience, experience, and experience, hope. See, every time we go through something, we see God work, we say, hey, hey, I know God's got it. So when that next problem comes, you say, hey, I know God's got it. When you see somebody in, ha- going through something, you say, hey, I went through it. Don't worry, God's got it. God's got it. that That's the blessing we get. Oh, that hey, I'm a soldier, but he's fighting the battle, and I don't have to worry about it because he's got me. <coughs> it might not be easy, it ain't gonna be fun, but he's got me. You gotta have the faith like the centurion had. You gotta be like when when, when Jesus told the disciples back in chapter 6 in Matthew, and he said, he, he says, therefore, take no thought, of saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we be clothed? For he said this, for all these things do the Gentiles seek. But your heavenly Father knoweth that you have needed these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Because he'll give you what you need. But let me tell you, him being there, when you're in the battle, is the greatest thing in the world. I wrote this not only does he supply our needs, but he also is the example that we need to have. Listen, listen to these verses in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28. It says, Has thou not known, has thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not? Or neither is weary. There is no searching for his understanding. He giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might, he increases strength. Did you hear that? God said, hey, I'm your example. So when you're tired, you're weary, you're worn out, just tie a knot in the end of the rope because he's going to do something great. He's going to give you strength. You say, but pray fight in this battle. Hey, you ain't quit yet. He didn't say, I'm going to take the battle away. He says, you're not going to faint. You're not going to run out of strength because I'm with you. I never leave you nor forsake you. When you stumble, I pick you up. I've got you in my right hand of righteousness. And and hey, can nobody pluck you out? Not even yourself. He's got you. Just have faith because he says, let me tell you, I don't give up. I don't grow weary. You will. He goes on a little bit later and says, even young men faint and lose strength. But you can walk. Then you can run. And then you can fly like an eagle. Because he knows that you need the strength to do it. He's there for you. Let me skip down to some of my notes, get to the end. Because I want you to think of this. The one thing this soldier showed was a complete devotion. Devotion. Do you go the extra mile for the Lord? You know, a soldier goes the extra mile sometimes. In the Bible, Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 41, he said, Whoever should compel thee to go a mile, go with him twice. Sometimes you got to go the extra mile. Sometimes you got to do the things God you don't think is easy. And Jesus, God said in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, where he says, humble yourself if my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray then I will heal hear from them from heaven will heal their land. sometimes that's going the extra mile because you don't want to pray. but sometimes what you need to do is you need to make a choice and you need to stick to it. Now I'm gonna close with this. Joshua chapter 24, verse 14 and 15. Joshua's talking to the children of Israel about the choices they're going to make. And as a soldier, as a child of God, every day you've got to make that choice. He says, Now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth. Put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt, and serve ye the Lord. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether it be the gods of your father served on the other side of the flood, the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You see, every day you get up, you've got to make up your mind whether you're going to serve the Lord or you're going to serve. Is the one called self. We wake up and we say, it's all about me today. But the same thing as Joshua says, today you need to decide whom you're going to serve. I want to be like him, it says, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I want to be a veteran. That word veteran, as I told you, means old. I want to be an old saint for my Savior. I've been through the battles. Sometimes I didn't come out as good as I should have. But I want to hear, welcome home, my good and faithful servant. You were faithful in a few things, and I will make you ruler over many. Come now, enter into the joy of your Lord. See, the veterans made it home. And that's why we celebrate. Will you make it all the way home? Every head bowed, every eye closed. Heavenly Father, as we come to you this morning, as we humbly approach the throne of grace, Father, we thank you for the veterans. And Father, we thank you for the example that that one satyrian, we don't even know his name, but he showed us what faith in you was about. Father, this morning, some of us need a, a little bit more faith because Lord, we serve the other gods, not you. So, Lord, have your way in this invitation. Lord, there are some that are struggling. There's some that are in need. Lord, show them what they need this morning. In Lord's name, I pray. Amen. As you stand to your feet, as we sing page eleven in the. And thank you so much for coming today. I pray you have a wonderful week. If you see a veteran, be sure to thank them for your service. Again, gentlemen, thank you so much for your service. We so deeply appreciate it. I hope you have a wonderful week. Remember, next Sunday as we get together, we'll have our service. Then we'll have fellowship downstairs as we do our, our, our Thanksgiving dinner together. So remember that. Be sure you cook lots of good food. and We'll see what I
1: eat. Amen.
0: <laughs> Y'all just keep Julia focused on some other way, and maybe I'll find something to eat, Yeah. <laughs> well, I hope, pray you have a great week. You know, it was funny this morning. It sure was cold, wasn't it? Amen. It's like it. it, it I thought about this couple weeks. You know, in the December, January, thirty degrees is gonna seem warm. And boy, what day is like? Let's bundle up like Eskimos. So. I pray you stay warm this week. Enjoy what God's got for you. I, I've been noticing you know, on Facebook some people put what they're thankful for every day. I want to urge you to think about this. What are you most thankful for? What's the one thing that God is that you're most thankful for? Now, I know a lot of people first thing say salvation. And that is that is the most wonderful thing to be thankful for. But what has God done in your life? What one more blessing has he done that you the most thankful for, that made you who you are today? Think about that this week. And ask God to show it to you. Sometimes we forget. And we need to just be reminded of what it is. Again, thank you for coming this day, veterans. Thank you for your service. Rick, will you close us in prayer? That's the thing. If, if, if you get sick, and go to the hospital. Let us know. I'll go ahead and give you a secret. They don't call me until. <laughs> but somebody said, but they always ask you what church do you go to. I don't know why they do that because they don't call. Let us know. But so if you get sick, let us know. So we pray for you. We got an awesome <laughs> prayer chain. We we got two. We got two. We got one. We call everybody. For a lot of them, we got one that's on. That's uh, we got actually got three. We got one on Facebook, we got that calls, and we have one that sends out text to everybody. That's all that. And so we got many different ways, but we won't pray for you if you're sick. Now, I can't do it if I don't know. I know I don't get to get out like I if you want to because, hey, I, I do work too, so but let us know if we can. We'll get somebody to come visit you if you want somebody to come visit you. Let us know. We're not buying Thank, I want to thank the ladies that go out and go do it. And the ones that make phone calls. We have some awesome people to pay you to touch, but if you don't let us know, if you're online watching, well, let us know. That's one of the greatest things in the world. Thank you so much. Rick, be close to prayer. Well,
1: Heavenly Father, we thank you for all the blessings that you have given us. We're on the prayer list. Are in need of your, your touch, dear Lord. So, Thank you also for the weather our Lord give us our lives to protect our freedom. Go with us this day, as we out like the world, and let your light, light shine through us, dear, Lord, dear Lord. So, maybe bring others to your glory, like the